God, we do thank you for today. Uh, we do thank you for your presence in this place. God, we thank you for the opportunity, God, just to lift up praises to the King. God, we thank you that you are for us. We thank you that you are with us, God. We thank you that you love us. God, we thank you that you are moving in our midst even right now. We thank you that you're speaking to our hearts and to our spirits even right now. God, I pray against any distractions today. I thank you that you are speaking clearly. I pray that you would communicate clearly through me today your words of truth. And let it produce much fruit in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, at the beginning of the year... One of the prophetic words that we got for 2018 was to get your hopes up. Now, little did I know how much that we would actually need to cling and hold on to this word with everything that we had this year. I don't know about you, but 2018 has been a pretty crazy year. Um, It's been a whirlwind year, um, even filled with unexpected loss and pressures the likes of which I've never personally experienced before. So if ever there was a time when I would need to hear a word about holding on to hope, it was definitely for this year. But that's one of the things I love so much about God. He knew before we ever crossed over into this next year exactly what we would need to hear, what we would need to face, every obstacle that we would have to overcome, and beforehand instructed us on how to have our hopes set on him. You see, hope is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. If you have hope, you can weather any storm. You can fight through any pain and you can make it safely to the other side as long as you're still holding on to that hope. Now, I believe hope is actually one of the counterparts or the opposite of heaviness, which we talked about last week. So today we're going to unpack what it means to serve the God of hope. Now, I'm going to be very clear from the beginning today. So, spoiler alert. I am trying to get your hopes up today. I am trying to encourage you today. I'm trying to stir up some faith today. And we're going to use Romans 15, 13 as our anchor verse as we begin today. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. That is a powerful declaration from scripture. And I absolutely love this verse. So let's break this down just a little bit as we begin. Notice how it addresses God. The God of hope. He is the God of hope. He is the one waiting for you, wanting you to look forward to the future. He is the one urging you to trust in him. He is the one who is transforming you from glory to glory and from strength to strength. He is the one prophesying over your life, over your destiny. He is the one who knows the exact number of your days. And the very fact that you're still here is proof. He is not done with you yet. There's still more to know. There's still more to grow into. There's still more to experience. There's still more to give to others. And there's still more glory that our lives can give to God. He is the God of hope. 
Now, some of you may need the God of hope to show up in your life. Maybe you've been like me in 2018 has been a challenging year. Maybe you've been stretched and been facing things that maybe you've never had to before. So let me say this. If you've been feeling hopeless, maybe in your job, just remember, you serve the God of hope. You're really working for the God of hope. And there is hope in your job now. If you've been feeling defeated in your health, don't worry. We serve the God of hope. Maybe it's with your family or with your children. And you think, is anything ever going to change? Are things ever going to get better? But don't forget the God that you serve is the God of hope. That means hope is never lost. There's always hope when you're serving the God of hope. There's hope in your call and in your giftings. You may have faced a detour this year, but it's nothing that God can't reroute and get you back on the right track. We know in Romans that the gifts and call of God are irrevocable. That means that once God gives a gift, once he assigns a call, he doesn't take it back. Now, we may neglect it, We may abandon it or even outright reject it, but God is not the one who's going to come and take it back from you. So let me tell you what, there is hope in this church. We're just getting started today. We haven't seen anything yet. I have more joy and excitement now than I did a year ago. I have more hope and expectation now than I even did a month ago. You see, God is doing something. He is up to something. He's been stirring something deep in our hearts and in our spirits. I've seen people coming alive in this house, activated in their gifts. I've heard people in this house release fiery prophetic words that have literally shifted the atmosphere. I've seen prayers literally put joy and infuse hope and life back into people again. Listen, we will always pray and contend for revival and press in for more of God. But I want you to know that revival is already here. Revival is in you. Revival is in this house. It is being birthed and released as we speak. And things are beginning to turn in this hour. I don't know about you, but I can literally feel it. This next season is filled with longing for what God is pouring out, and we're not going to miss a thing. So I came to tell you today, get ready. There's hope for this city. There's hope for your family. And there is hope for this country because God is not done with us yet. Now, the next thing we notice in this passage from Romans, it says what this great God of hope wants to do. He wants to fill us. The God of hope wants to fill you today. How many of you know when God does something, he doesn't do it halfway? If it says God wants to fill you, that means he wants to fill you to the full, to the max, where it spills out everywhere. You can't possibly contain all that God wants to pour out into you. And what does it say he wants to fill you with today? Somebody say all. All. The problem is too often we're trying to live off of half hope. We're going to call this uh, half hopers. Okay. So we walk around in life having a foot in hope on Sunday, but maybe a, a foot over here in hopelessness the other days of the week. We can't walk around 
oh, I have hope in God, or oh, I don't know if he's even good anymore, okay? If all we do is look at our circumstances, we'll constantly be caught in this eternal tug-of-war of hope and hopelessness. If all we do is fix our eyes on circumstances, we won't be able to muster any hope. You see, we were designed to fix our eyes on Jesus in order to find and experience hope. I am not a God of hope. You are not a God of hope. But we can fix our eyes on the one who is the God of hope, and he's inside of you. We have to look at him constantly, and we will find the hope. Now, all means everything. Nothing is left out or missing. And what is it all of? It says all joy and peace in believing. You see, as you believe in and put your trust in the God of hope, he begins to fill you with all of the joy and peace you need to get through anything. Now notice how he does all of this. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to see hope, but we won't experience the fullness of hope without the power of the Spirit. You have to have the power. I believe this is for someone today. You might think, well, I already got filled with the Spirit when I was a child. But we've talked about this before. Being filled with the Spirit is an ongoing process. It says to continually being filled. We need to be filled every day. You got to stay filled with the spirit. You need to pray in tongues as much as you possibly can, as often as you possibly can. Get full and stay full. Stir it up. The more you pray in the spirit, you tap into that power that's on the inside. And then that hope begins to pour out. I think many times we might be walking around that half-hoper feeling, because maybe we're not full of the Holy Spirit. You see, the gift of the Spirit is for all believers. If you believe in Jesus, don't leave today without experiencing and receiving that gift of the Spirit. Pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, stir it up, and tap into that power. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you that's empowering this infilling that you can't contain. And what is the result? that you will abound in hope. There's a powerful word here in scripture, abound. It means to thrive, to flourish, to prosper. This is above and beyond. This is an abundant supply. It's alive. It's a living hope. And this is the last thing that he does in this verse. We see he causes us to overflow with confidence in his promises. We have so much trust in God and his promises that we overflow with confidence in him. When was the last time you can remember having that much confidence in something? That it overflowed out of you. You told everyone around you, this is what's going to happen. And you did it with joy and expectation. You had perfect peace knowing this is going to happen. God said it and it's going to happen. Positively, absolutely take it to the bank. That's what God's wanting to do in us. The God of hope wants us to abound in hope in him. So now that we've established this beautiful truth today. I mean, we could just go home already, just be encouraged. But we, we want to ask, what is the basis for our hope? So that's the first thing today, the basis for hope. The simple answer is faith. 
Faith is the foundation for hope. We already saw the connection between faith and hope in Romans 15, 13. In believing through your faith that we may abound in hope. If we have faith in God and actually take him at his word, it gives us a reason to have hope. We see this connection again with our faith laying the foundation for hope in Hebrews 11.1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love how the Passion Translation reads this particular passage. It says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what's still unseen. You see, faith and hope have some similarities, but they are different. They both are relating to our trust in something. But faith is more present and hope is more future-oriented. Faith is our current confirmation of what we're hoping for to happen later. It's like when you're shopping online for that certain gift. You're looking around. You find it. You make the purchase. You pay the money, but you don't have the gift yet. But what do you get? A receipt. A confirmation number. Proof, assurance that what you're hoping for is on the way and it will soon show up at your front door. You don't have it yet, but you have something that says it is already yours. Now, look, sometimes when stuff goes through the mail, hello, it can take longer than you want. It can take longer than you expect, but you have that proof. It doesn't change the fact that that thing is yours. It doesn't change the fact that that thing is going to show up at some point. Now, this is where the enemy tries to come in, taking this uh, spiritually. He tries to lie to us and tell us what God has promised isn't going to happen. That has been lost, that it was never really yours in the first place, or it's going to go to someone else's house who's just a little bit more blessed than you are. But just like you would never give up waiting for that package when you have the receipt in your hand, sometimes (laughs) you've got to stand on those promises and remind him, my God has already spoken. I have the assurance that it is coming. If God promised it, it will be fulfilled. I'm going to keep waiting with joy, knowing that thing's going to show up. Your faith is only as good as what you put it in. Now, it's great and imperative that we have faith, but if it's in the wrong thing, it really doesn't do us any good. Some people like to put faith in themselves. Now, It's good to have an accurate idea of who God made us, yes, but there is a line between confidence and cockiness. We cannot put our trust or our faith in man. We cannot put our faith or trust in money. Some people live for money, riches, and worldly wealth. Again, there's nothing wrong with nice things in and of themselves, but that love for money, that idolatry can quickly lead many people astray. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. And while we're at it, I'm going to throw in trusting in what everyone else is doing. Look, God is a personal God. He interacts with us on a personal, relational level. Now, sometimes what God's leading us through 
might look similar to what he's leading other people through, but many times it doesn't. And we have to know and have the assurance that God is working with us, what he has said specifically for us to do. And we're not looking around trying to compare it. Well, everyone else seems to be doing this and that seems to be working. No, God said for you to do this specifically, we have to stay on track. So here's another practical example so we can see that connection between faith and hope. A farmer, he has faith. He believes if he sows his seed into the ground, he will later be able to reap a harvest. It's very simple. His faith causes him to do something, to act out in faith. He actually goes and gets a good seed. Then he goes and he puts it in good soil. He makes sure it has the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of rain. And then he sits and waits expectantly, knowing at harvest time, there's going to be a harvest for me to go out and reap. That's a very simple way to look at faith and then hope. Now, the enemy likes to come to us in the middle, in that waiting season, okay? You already know you've planted your seed. You already have watered them. You know they're getting light, and you're just waiting for them to pop up, waiting for them to produce fruit. And then here he comes with his lies. It may be something like, don't you think if anything was going to happen, it would have already happened by now? All right, you know... I bet God forgot all about your seed or you can't see it yet. It's probably dead underneath the ground or you probably messed this thing up. Actually, you should just walk away. Listen to me clearly today. If you know you've heard from God, if you know you've planted your seed, don't walk away before your harvest comes in. The enemy wants you to give up and quit. He wants you to wear down, to wear out and to throw up your hands in defeat and infect our minds with thoughts of hopelessness. But don't agree with him or his lies. The Bible is clear. We will reap what we sow. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So don't ever give up or quit right before the harvest comes. It's probably longer than what you want, but sooner than what you think. Don't lose hope while you wait. Waiting's not a popular thing, but waiting is what we must have in order to see the harvest. We have to have hope that we will see that harvest. As I said, if God made a promise, there is a fulfillment. It's in the waiting that hopelessness tries to creep in. Sometimes, honestly, we get weary. We get tired. Other things seem to be going on, or maybe other people's harvests are coming in, and you're sitting there, well, hey, where, what about me, God? When is my time? This is the time when we're at our weakest, when the enemy tries to attack. But this is the time we must press into God like never before. We have to believe and trust in his promises. Romans 8, 24, 25 explains how we hope for what we don't yet see, but believe it's coming. For in this hope, we were saved by faith. But hope, the object of which is seen, is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. This leads to the second thing we need to look at today. The purpose of hope. What is the purpose of hope? Hope is to sustain us. It's to encourage us as we wait for the thing we're hoping for to happen. 
We have to keep our hopes up to get us through those obstacles in front of us so we can finish that race and claim our prize. Hope keeps us going through the tough times. Hope keeps the big picture in front of us and it clarifies the vision and can help even give pain a purpose. Let's look at a quick compare and contrast between hope and hopelessness. This might also help drive this home. If you're feeling hopeful, you look forward to the future. If you're feeling hopeless, you might feel apathetic or worried or fearful about the future. If you're feeling hopeful, you walk around with a smile knowing God is good. But if you're feeling hopeless, you might walk around with a frown questioning, is God really any good? If you're feeling hopeful, you believe that things can always get better. If you're feeling hopeless, you might believe that things will always get worse. If you're feeling hopeful, you'll probably be generous with time and money since you believe in sowing and reaping that God will bring things back to you at the right time. But if you're hopeless, you're probably stingy with time and money, distrusting God, thinking how could he ever bring blessing and increase back into my life? Now listen, if you're a Christian, you should be hopeful. You serve the God of hope. He's filling you with hope. He's giving you a hope in heaven. I mean, come on, have you ever been around a Christian who doesn't have any hope? It's the worst. It's like, it's almost like, and I've heard people say things like this. Well, I see that you're happy now, bless God, but just wait till you get older. Something like that. Look, don't suck the hope out of someone else's future because you've given up on yours. I want to be around Christians who have gone through some things, but still have hope in God. A hopeless Christian's really an oxymoron. You can't really believe in God, but not believe in God. Where are the ones who believe and trust God no matter what? Where are the believers who actually believe in the God of hope? I believe this is a house that has the fortitude and tenacity to persevere when things get hard, when things get tough, when life doesn't work out the way we want, that we run to the God of hope, that we cling to his promises, that we reject the lies of the enemy, and we build each other up in our hope. Now, I like to think of hope as the convergence of patience and joy. We can wait for things knowing they are the right things. And since they are the right things from God, we know they please God and that should give us some joy. We can endure things and not be affected as other people since we have tremendous strength and power radiating from the inside of us. We know momentary afflictions are not the end. We know that temporary setbacks are not permanent. We know that we're in process. And as long as we abide in Christ, as long as we listen and obey the spirit, he will get us exactly where we need to be at just the right time. Hope keeps us focused on where we're going, not where we're at in the moment. It's like Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stay there. Keep moving. Take the next step towards the destiny that God has ordained for you. Don't pitch a tent at a rest stop when the bus is still going to Disneyland. I love how Paul explains the purpose of hope in Romans 5, 2 through 5. 
through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Let us rejoice in our hope and the confident assurance of experiencing and enjoying the glory of our great God, the manifestation of his excellence and power. And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardship, distress, pressure, and trouble produces patient endurance and endurance, proven character and spiritual maturity and proven character hope, and confident assurance of salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the spirit who was given. Look, ultimately, we know as we put our faith in Jesus, we have the confident assurance he has sealed us with his spirit He is going with us. He is leading us through life and he's conforming us in his image. He will finish what he started in us and we have an eternal hope that goes beyond life here on the earth. Which leads me to my last point today. The God of hope. The only one we can put our hope in is God. He alone is faithful and true. Because he's faithful to his word, Because he's all powerful to watch over his word to perform it, he will surely do it. And we can rest and put our hope in him. We must remember what the Lord's already done. If he's done it before, that means he can do it again. We can choose to focus on and point back to those moments when God proved himself faithful and true. We can pause for a moment We can admire God's handiwork when he made a way where there seemed to be no way. And if he hasn't done it for you before, I encourage you listen to the testimony of someone that he has. Because he's not a respecter of persons, which means if he did it for them, he can do it for you too. So let's look at Romans 15, 13 one last time today. Now may the God of hope... Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We serve the God of hope and he wants to continually fill us with hope. I can't stress that enough today. Why is it so important to read the word every day? Because it gets us refocused and recalibrated to the truth. It gets our hopes up. Why is it so important to spend time in prayer each day? Because we get to have a personal relationship with the almighty God of the universe who actually knows us, who loves us, who wants to have fellowship with us. It gives us hope. He wants to give us guidance and direction. It's the same with worship. We set our eyes on Jesus. We magnify God in his glory, not our problems, and it gets our hopes up. Now, listen. If Napoleon was right when he said a leader is a dealer in hope that automatically makes Jesus the best leader in the history of the world, since he offers the most hope the world has ever known. Think about his life and ministry. Think of the types of things he went around doing, preaching good news, getting people's hopes up, healing the sick, getting people's hopes up. 
casting out demons, getting people's hopes up, making the impossible possible, getting people's hopes up, raising the dead, getting people's hopes up, making atonement for the sins of the world, giving the gift of eternal life in heaven, getting people's hopes up. Without Jesus, mankind is helpless. We are hopeless without him, lost and gone astray, missing the mark, a debt we could never repay. But Jesus changed everything. He gave us all hope as we put all of our faith and trust in him. I'm so thankful to get to serve a God of hope. Now, I don't think I've ever had to fight to maintain my hope more than I ever had this year. But God has proven himself faithful time and time again. God is watching over his word to perform it, not our words. God's will will be done in the earth, not our will. His kingdom will be manifest in the earth as it is in heaven, not our kingdom. And I think that's one of the things that could really help us today. Don't be discouraged if your will is not being done. If it's not in line with God's will, you don't want any part of that anyway. Now, look, the more we spend time with him, the more we become like him, the more his ways become our ways, the more his desires become our desires. And as his desires become ours, he can then give us the desires of our hearts because we will ask the right things with the right motives according to his will. And we can have the hope and assurance God will be faithful to perform everything that he has said. As the psalmist said in Psalm 39, 7. And now, God, I'm left with one conclusion. My only hope is to hope in you alone. He's the only one. He stands alone. Just like the disciples said when Jesus asked, well, are you going to leave me too? And they said, where else will we go? You have the words of life. He has the words of life and he's wanting and trying to speak them over your heart and your spirit today. Like Jeremiah 29, 11. I know this is a favorite verse and many people know it, but I want you to actually just think of God speaking this directly to you right now. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Those are God's plans for you. That's the type of future he's made available for you to walk in and experience. I want to leave you with this today. This is a powerful declaration of truth from Proverbs 23, 18. Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. So go ahead. Get your hopes up today. Trust in God Take him at his word, trust in his promises, and believe with joyful expectation what he said he will bring to pass. His plan for your life will succeed. And I want to leave you with this question. Where is an area in your life where you find yourself without hope? Then my next question, do you not believe you serve the God of hope that's bigger than that? Now, look, I will never downplay some of the things that we have to endure and go through in this life. I am well aware that life is hard. Uh, It doesn't always go the way that we want. 
And it's often filled with many different types of stress and worry. I I get that. But I trust in the Lord more than in my circumstances. And this is where we're at today. We're at the crossroads of hope and hopelessness. Which will we choose? Who will we listen to? Whose plan will we allow to play out in our lives? I can promise you this. If you never have any hope, you'll get what you're hoping for. Nothing. But if you trust in the God of hope, yes, you'll have trouble and difficulty, as Jesus said. But we have the promise he's already overcome and he lives in you. And now you can overcome. You can rise above. You can fight for and achieve victory. We can be empowered by the spirit to possess all the joy we need to sustain us as we wait for his promises to pass. We can push through the temptations to quit and to give up in the waiting season because we have hopeful expectation that we have a harvest coming. It will happen. God will not be mocked. He is the God of hope and he's filling you with hope right now. Receive fresh hope by the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Let faith in the word you've heard today be the foundation for a new season of hope and expectation for God to move and manifest in your life. He is the God of hope. So, Father, I thank you for the hope that we have in you. I thank you that we can put our trust and hope in you. You are not a man that you should lie or the son of man that you should change your mind. If you have made a promise, then it is yes and amen in Jesus the Son. So we thank you for your promises. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we do have a hope and a future. We thank you that we're not too far gone. We thank you that enough things haven't happened that have totally derailed us. We thank you that the gifts and calling that you have called us to is still there. It may need to get dusted off. It may need to get reactivated. It may need to get plugged back into the power source, but it's still there. So we turn it on today. We flip the switch today. We flip the switch on our hope today. We put our hope in you. We rise to new levels of hope and expectation. I decree the joy of the Lord is your strength today. We wait not just because we have to, but we can have joy in the waiting. We can have strength that sustains us as we wait. So I thank you, God, that you are equipping and empowering your people to abound in hope, abound in hope, to thrive in hope, to prosper in hope. I thank you that you're doing it today. Do it in our hearts, oh God. Let us not be the same. Let us shift our perspective. We serve the God of hope. Whatever we're facing, Let us declare to that mountain, you have to move because I serve the God of hope. I serve the God of hope. So you must get out of my way. You must be removed now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for sealing this word in our hearts. Oh, God, I thank you for revealing it and unpacking it even this week. God, I I just come before you with, with thanksgiving. God, I just thank you for hopefulness for the future. I thank you for the hope for this church, God. I thank you that this is just the beginning. I thank you that you are doing something new. I thank you for the new season. This is a time of transitioning, God, where you're taking us into the new. We're crossing over. We're not going to be the same. God, we're going from glory to glory, as you said. So we put our hope in you, that you are making the way for us to become the person that you have called us to. We may not see it yet. We may not feel it yet, but by an act of our faith, we declare, I already have it. It's already mine. And I'm going to walk like I already have it. God, I just bless your people today. 
I just speak hope. I speak encouragement to every heart that I don't know what all's going on, but you do. So I just speak into that situation where there might be doubt or hopelessness. And I just speak the truth. And I pray that God of hope just visits that place right now and evicts that hopelessness and replaces it with the truth. God is bigger. He's got this. He has the future in his hands and he will complete it. It's not too late. It's never too late. And we praise you. We praise you. We thank you. God, I thank you that we don't have to go through life wondering. God, we can know for, for sure. We can know for certain. God, other people may serve dumb, mute idols, God. There's nothing behind them but demons. But we serve the living God, and we have a living hope. Our God is alive, which means our hope is alive. Our God is alive. That means he's filling us and infusing us with power from the inside. So God, help us to remember, help us to remember that and tap into that power this week. God, help us to press in in our times of prayer. God, as we pray and intercede that your spirit would quicken us, God, teach us how to pray or pray through us, God, so we can pray your perfect will in our lives. God, I thank you for stirring that up in our, in our faith, God, that we can have hope that abounds in you. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.